uh, I think nowadays, Matt Ray, they call it parental leave so that we mm. can be inclusive, uh, which is which is great. I appreciate that. Uh, instead of paternal leave, which sounds like paternal leave sounds like what our uh, in, in Western culture, what our endeavors have been for the past 50 years. Could we get the patriarchy <laughs> just to like take some time off, which is fine. I have a lot. I have a lot of thoughts on parental leave and things, but I want to get to the. I want to get to the quick of it, Matt Ray, because I think you. I was realizing the other day that I do not know that many people in my peer group who have three children. Uh, now you have five children, right? <laughs> no, 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 no. Three. Yeah. So and I made sure there would not be more after that. Yeah. So I've got. I've got three children now. You have three children. Congratulations. And yeah. our friend our friend Charles has three children, right? Oh. Yes, congratulations. Three children. And I just like I don't I don't understand how one lives with three <laughs> children. <laughs> like like it is because uh, now you gotta not only do you have the three children, but you know, you got a dog and then you got yeah. a wife. Or pardon me. <laughs> yes. a, a partner. She's the least maintenance part. Yes. And then and then you also have like yourself. And then mm-hmm. you have a job, and then you got the yep. dishes, and uh, like it. <laughs> and just... then you got the quarantine, not going anywhere. So right, you're all right. in like this, this you little bubble. Yeah, and then you got a podcast, right? And mm. then you, might, you might have multiple podcasts. I'm sticking with one. And right? I just, I just like, I, I am not. This is one of the one of those things where, like, you know, I'm constantly reminded that so far humanity has lasted this long, right? Like yep. things, things have worked out. However. As as a quick callback, we are trying to cancel out the patriarchy, so maybe it hasn't existed well, right? So, <laughs> like like, but it is it is astounding. Like I don't uh, uh, I don't feel like I I often wake up and I think I have been uh, on parental leave for two months, and and it feels like I need a parental leave for my parental leave. Like I'm not really sure. And then like I'm going to go back to work on Monday ostensibly. Oh oh, and then you also have the homeschooling. You, or or, mm. or I, I'm sorry, I don't know if you're supposed to call it homeschooling. You have the administering school from home. Now here in the yeah. Nether- here in the Netherlands, they're going to go back full time on June 5th. I don't know if that means we're all going to die on hey, June 30th. Australia, but starts Monday. Yeah. What? What? So let's. You know, no one. I I listen to. We can get back. I'll, we'll cut all this short because we ostensibly have tech stuff to talk to. But I need some on the air counseling, and maybe other people can. Because all my yeah. news I get from the U.S., right? Mm. And so my assumption is that everything is bad and terrible and apocalyptic. But I have this sense because whenever all of the, uh, let's be frank, mostly left-winging, left, uh, left-winging, left-leaning commentary I listen to talks about um, pandemic stuff and social opening, uh, they often talk about how like other countries are figuring it out. And so what I try mm-hmm. to remind myself is maybe I'm in one of those countries that has figured it out. And it's okay. But yeah. like, it does seem like, I feel like two weeks ago, everyone was about to die if they left the house. And then all of a mm-hmm. sudden, I'm sending my kids back full time on June 5th. Like, <laughs> I don't. Well, that that's still two weeks away for you, right? Yeah, yeah, that's true. But so, but it, so what, what does, what does the daily, like, I, I, I assume you're like me, you kind of pay attention to the local statistics. What do the daily numbers look like? How many new cases are there? And how many I mean, food? I mean, this is a typical Cote problem is like, I don't really pay attention to the statistics because I don't know what the fuck to do with them. 
right? Like it's like it's sort of That's like you freak out over him. That's what the whole point of everything. Oh is. yeah, yeah. Well, it's one of these things. Like I forget when I was introduced to this concept. Uh, this is this is in the category of like I started talking to my my therapist again because he would never see people remotely but now he sees everyone remotely so i can talk to this guy in austin it's great but he has he has he has sort of reminded me uh that i think too much to summarize a lot of therapist talk and so i don't i don't i don't i, don't, I, I was told that by an ex-girlfriend yeah yeah when, in one of our initial right, calls right when we broke up in one of our initial calls he was asking me like if i'd had an iq test and i was like i don't know and he's like because you know a lot of intelligent people they think too much and and he didn't say it that way you know and it causes them problem and i was like i don't know if this is a compliment or a put down. This is very like the right. But anyways, so like I don't know, and I'll get back to the the test, and then third kids, and then we'll talk about how IT spending is going to drop by eight percent because of uh, COVID nineteen. Uh, wait till twenty comes. Am I right? Twenty twenty one, whatever it takes. Uh, yes. But uh, like some at some point several decades ago, someone introduced the concept of percentages, and they're like, you know, a ninety nine percent chance of life means one out of a hundred times you're going to die. Right. Mm -hmm. And so it's sort of like, oh, I get it. And then they're also like, also like the way percentages work is it's all based on like some sort of bell curve and some people doing stuff. And like, no one really fucking knows. Right. Like, I mean, it's more of a directional thing of like, there's a 50% chance I know what I'm talking about and a 50% chance I don't know what I'm talking about, which is to say, like, maybe it's when I read all that, you know, Nassim Taleb stuff. It's sort of like, everything is awesome until it's not. And then you're fucked. (laughs) And so it's sort of like, if I'm going to look at a bunch of statistics, it's like, yeah, great, uh, whatever, it's going down. And then they, the Dutch government decides to let people go back to restaurants and we all die. Like, it's sort of like, all of this is like, sort of meaningless. And then if I go see like a charity talk, I realize also that looking at things are terrible. And I should just like, I don't know, get some AI or something to like do some machine <clears throat> learnings. And like I, I don't know. Like there is like, if if you think too much, like you just like all these numbers. I don't understand. We really what we need to do is just get more people to go back and kind of see what the fuck happens, right? And it is. Uh, but then you also compound it with like, everyone's always hinting at like we don't really understand the dynamics of this thing that we're worried about. Like thus far, this is what we know, right? But maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like what I'm saying is it's not like gravity, right? Like I understand because of Einstein or some nonsense, like at some point gravity might may stop working for five seconds and we might all like be some particle that goes in unexpected direction or something like that. But generally, I think there's a pretty good chance that when I put my foot on the ground, it's going to stick there, right? Yes. Uh, whereas with this, I don't, I don't know. Is there even a ground? Do I still have a foot? I, I don't know what's going on. Now, all of that said, I am the opposite of someone who like freaks out and gets immobilized. I'm just sort of like, I don't know. I'm gonna go buy some fucking charcoal to grill something. <laughs> and and if well, you if you go out yes. into the streets of Amsterdam, no one really seems to give a fuck. I'll be I'll be yeah. blunt. They just like yeah, everything's uh, I, cool. I, so so here in Australia, um, mm. they they've locked down each of the states, so you can't cross state borders. Mm. Um, and several of the states have had one or less cases for about two weeks. Not my state. You know, I'm in New South Wales, the biggest. Um, and around here, over the last two weeks, I think the highest they've had is eight new cases in yeah, a day. Yeah, that's and, pretty and good. Like, yeah. 
and when I go out on the streets, people are pretty much behaving like nothing has happened. Yeah. You know, there's no mask here. Uh, I, I was joking with my wife. We, we went for a drive without getting out of our car, uh, Sunday and we counted, um, people wearing masks and, and, uh, I saw more pe- more Lamborghinis and Ferraris than, uh, like white people wearing masks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 and, and yeah, no, and and that 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 makes sense, especially for something that's like a but, uh, a literal viral spread, where like you want to track number of people who have that, which does is indicative indicative of like containing something, which that but, makes but, sense. I trust yeah, that. But Australia's just lucky. I mean, yeah. they're lucky because they're an island. They're lucky because they have a small population. Mm-hmm. They were smart enough for lucky enough to have closed their borders and institute a 14 day mandatory quarantine. Yeah. And you know, they just happen to like nip everything in the bud. And so as of today, uh, Australia has got less, uh, only got 101 deaths. And mm. I look at the statistics for like Austin. And if you, ta- if you put Travis and Williamson County together, they've got more deaths. Huh? And so, like, Austin is, I mean, and obviously, uh, Australia has about twice as much testing as Texas and <laughs> uh, an order of magnitude less cases. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, it, I, I feel pretty lucky that I'm here. But also, I feel like uh, having been around and seen the way Australians reacted, I don't think they did that great a job. So some places are lucky, but they do have a lot better tracking here. They have a lot of our health care. So, um, they are opening the schools on Monday. And as I watch the number of cases, I've, I kind of go back and forth between freaking out, freaking out completely and being like, well, I guess this is just the way it's going to be. And, I so that's, <laughs> so, so yeah, go buy some charcoal, right? Um, yeah. Yeah, I no, that, that makes sense. That, but I've been freaking out pretty much nonstop this way for three months now. See, see, that's good. Now I know why I would look at those numbers. I should have just called my old friend Matt Ray and been like, as as I do on all matters of things I don't know about, I could be like, Matt, what is Redis? <laughs> Matt, what do I do with these numbers? Yes. Matt, how could I manage dot files? Like, there's all these things that uh, I should be asking you about. Okay, okay, I feel good. I mean, and I think, I think this is another thing that, like, as an American, an expat American. I, I have to guard against, as I was saying, is like I consume all this news from a whole other part of the world, you know, home as it oh, were. Oh yeah, and it's it, um, it pretty much doesn't apply over here. Like it's a different, it's literally a different place. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I would assume that the government, you know, because the government cares about the population. You know, I mean, they're like mm. literally on the hook for like healthcare and benefits. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, they, they provide a lot of that stuff to their citizenry. Uh, and, you know, they they also have to pay, you know, unemployment insurance and all that fun stuff. Um, they're less likely to throw them out to the mercy of the streets. That's true. And- That's true. <laughs> you know, you know, you you've you've given me a slight epiphany and, and maybe then we can move on to the tech news. And I think I think over the course of the next, let's say. 18 to 30 years if this podcast persists we can discuss the third child issue because i think i think that will be an ever-present topic that that you and i can go over should we live that long uh yeah anyways i i think you've given me an epiphany i'm always trying to think about the difference of europe 
and, and America, right? Because like there's all the, you know, European vacation surface level stuff, which is fine. But there's there's fundamental things. And I think one, um, like you said, I think there is a lot more care of the government of the people. Now, of course, you know, I'm sure if you were to have like a, a, a born and bred native European person, they could argue against that, you know, six ways to Sunday. But it's sort of like my my sort of dismissive case there is like, I'm pretty sure up in London, even the most conservative right-wing fascist Nazi assholes love the NHS. <laughs> now <laughs> right? they do, right? Yeah, yeah, I mean, right. Like you know, they, they brought Boris Johnson back from the verge of death, and yeah, they're, yeah. A little, but, they're a little more empathetic about it. But I think you said something interesting is not only does the government over here care about the people, but I think the people also care about the people, right? Whereas like back in the U.S., people, I mean, I'm often one of them. I'm just like, oh, my fellow citizen, I could take them or leave them. Like, fuck those guys. <laughs> Get off my it's, land. It's literally every man for themselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's, yeah. yeah. So, whew, third kid, Matt Ray. What's been going on for two months? Anything interesting in the tech world? Well, uh, listeners will know that uh, I got my, my Android phone working as my, my webcam. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I promptly abandoned it because it was a hassle having to remember to turn on the phone all the time and charge the battery and uh i'm back to my usb webcam so thanks for tuning in um as far as uh, other news uh you know this week um last uh you know week or two they had the earnings announcements from uh amazon and microsoft and they're all doing great uh i think that's that's news uh mergers are continuing to move along um i don't know listen to the backlog read the show notes you'll get the gist of it yeah, yeah. Well, uh, I, I think, you know, I've been following the tech news here and there, and it is uh, it is surprisingly uh, the, the same. I think people have finally stopped talking about how there's no conferences. And, uh, you know, you know, one one thing I've I've been curious about a lot is it's speaking of like pandemic things is that you, you can call it a pandemic, right? Is that is that yeah, a, yeah. accurate? Uh, I mean, have you noticed all these tech companies like are having people uh not go back to the office forever like yeah i i wonder if like like do they know something everyone else doesn't know or is it like cost effective or like or are people like not really interested in uh are the executives like oh boy i don't have to go in so let's change this around <laughs> like i i still haven't i don't have a handle on like what the actual uh, motivations are for that right now, because, you know, there's like the the most recent one I was reading last night is, you know, Facebook says uh, employees can work from home. And then I think I guess that maybe, you know, it was sort of like this actually doesn't save us much money because we have to like bring people back in for like on sites and like pay for office equipment. So, okay, it's not going to save you money. And then like, I don't know. I mean, I feel like not to be a conspiracy theory person, but I feel like there's some conspiracy theory going on here, right? Because it's like such a big deal for everyone to be in an office and it's so hard to do remote work. And then all of a sudden it's cool to like not go back to the office. <laughs> um, yeah, well, I don't know. I, I saw, you know, I'm not providing links or anything, but this morning as I was perusing the, the Twitters, I saw people talking about Facebook. Now that people are working from home, maybe not living in the Bay area wanting to readjust salaries down, uh, because people are, you know, living in cheaper places, right, which, right, right. uh, <laughs> good luck with that. Right. Um, 
Yeah, yeah, that was that was the most asinine thing. Like, I, I, the only reason I read more than one article about that Facebook thing is because that was mentioned in the first one, and I was like, "What's up with this? Right? Is this yeah. is this like real?" And then also, there's a great line in these. So basically, I think it's uh, isn't there like a, a an all hands thing every Thursday inside Facebook, and it's sort of like you know a town hall as we would call it mm-hmm. in the rest of the world. Um, and I think I think their fear, fearless leader was like, you know, uh, if 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 you do not report where you actually live, there will be severe consequences, which is like, Jesus Christ. It's like there's a double whammy. I, you know, who knows what the actual transcript was? But the way all these articles were written is just like, one, you can work remotely, but you're going to your pay is going to be reduced Two, if you don't yeah. report where you're working, there will be severe consequences. It's like, fuck. I mean, I realize we're not like, you know warehouse workers for amazon being forced to work like 12 hours and like you know chop our hands off or whatever but like that's pretty fucking severe there (laughs) (laughs) like what kind of culture is this where someone is like one gonna tell you that like you know we're gonna cut your pay and then two like we're gonna fucking fire your ass if you uh if you don't let us cut your pay or you could just keep living here in this thing that we just admitted is artificially rent high and you don't actually need to live here it's just like yeah whoa I definitely, I mean, I think, um, if, if I'm a recruiter for anybody, but Facebook, I'm going to bring this up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. It is, it is. <laughs> You're like, Oh yeah. Those guys. Uh, cause I mean, I, I work for uh, a company that has a remote first policy and as far as I could tell, they're not doing, you know, some sort of cost of living adjustment based off where you live. You know, like I know, yeah. You know, I know that uh, they pay you know above average industry average salaries. You know, but uh, if they were trying to pull that kind of crap, you know, if uh, I had a coworker who literally lived on a cornfield in Iowa, right? <laughs> and I was like, I'm sure his his paycheck went a lot farther than uh, you know than it would go in San Francisco or Seattle or whatever. But you know, if if you're willing to hire that guy. And you want to, you know, cost adjust him back down. It's like he can probably go find a better job yeah. somewhere else. Yeah. That's uh, probably why Ducey uh, can afford all those goats, right? Doesn't he live in like <laughs> Ohio or lives, something? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, you know, I mean to close out the topic with a definitive statement, that that sort of like geographic based pay stuff is a bunch of bullshit just to rip you off. Like it's really like it's like so suddenly you're a company that's going to take on socialist aspects that care about my geographic region. Like, no, fuck you. What value do I have to you? Like, pay me the money. Like, like, does your CEO actually live anywhere? Does it like, like, whatever, like, it, it, you know, it, as you can tell, it infuriates me. Every job that I've had in recent years, like, there's always some argument about you live in Austin. So you're in this pay bracket and this pay scale. And I'm always just like, do you want me to work for you or not? Right. Like, what do you want? Like, pay me or not. Don't don't give me this bullshit line about like where I live determines my value. Right. Like it doesn't. Well, anyway, yeah. And not not to mention that all like I don't know what Facebook's profits were, but I think they're cool. Right. Like, I think I think they'll be fine. It it just feels like an opportunistic kind of thing. And they're like, you know what? Now's not a good time to be looking for a job. Uh, We're going to lower your salary. Yeah, Yeah. That's that's how I took it. And, you know, uh Hopefully, my friends at Facebook uh, are not having similar experiences, but geez. yeah, well, they're all just going to keep living in the, in the Bay Area, right? Like, I mean, you don't you don't <laughs> like like this is this is the number one lesson about work that you learn in your twenties is never take a pay cut, right? Like, you just yes. you, you do not take a pay cut. That's that's like 
doesn't happen. So, well, you know, speaking of not taking a pay cut, if you want to, if you want to make sure that you know a ubiquitous technology that is useful in many, many situations, there's there's a certain thing that we all know. It's been out oh, there. Yeah. People always use it, and they're 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 helping out with this episode this week, Matt. Why don't you tell people about this great thing out there that will make sure that you are not in a situation where you have to move to Wyoming and take a pay well, cut? <laughs> well, Kote, as you probably know, three years ago, MongoDB launched Atlas, cloud database service. Atlas has opened up the power of MongoDB to more users by getting rid of the stress and annoyance of having to run the servers yourself. But just shifting infrastructure to the cloud does not solve all the challenges that developers face when working with disparate siloed data. What developers need is a data platform, a platform that handles different types of data and different ways of querying it. MongoDB Atlas is built on the mature document-oriented MongoDB database and takes advantage of all of its features, full ACID transactions, support for joins and queries, aggregations, and other modern use cases such as geo-based search, graph search, and text search. On top of this foundation, users can take advantage of Stitch, a serverless application development environment, Charts, an easy-to-use visualization layer that allows you to embed charts in your website or app, and Data Lake, which lets you query data that you might have lying around in your AWS S3 buckets. By providing a simple way to work with operational transaction, transactional and analytical data, MongoDB helps application developers become even more productive. MongoDB Atlas has a forever free developer tier that you can sign up for with an email address, no credit card required. Make sure to check it out, http cloud.mongo.com, Mon- <clears throat> excuse me, cloud.mongodb.com. You can be up and running in just a few clicks and there's a friendly onboarding wizard that help you get started with some sample data but there's more if you use the code atlas dt that's a-t-l-a-s-s-d-t and load up your mongodb account with 200 dollars in free credits it'll let you play around with bigger instances also make sure you attend mongodb.live a free two-day virtual conference coming june 9th and 10th And there you can hear the latest news about MongoDB's technology and have the opportunity to chat with engineers and users. So we thank MongoDB for sponsoring our show. I was just thinking earlier about the the purity of programming. You just have like a, a, a clearly defined issue, a blank canvas. You write the code, works or doesn't work. Seems like it would be such a relief to work on those things. Just easy. <laughs> just go write a string tokenizer at some point. But you know, I... I had that conversation just last week. Like, um, uh, you know, listeners may know that uh, I work with a lot of large enterprises, and uh, large enterprises have a lot of people, and people don't take this the wrong way. You're problematic, and uh, <laughs> and one of these customers had some, let's say, some older than average infrastructure, you know, and. Uh, I was kind of telling uh, telling my boss like I would much rather work on developing the code to work with that stuff. It, it was HPUX. I'd much mm. rather work on HPUX code than deal with some of uh, some of the organizational problems that I see sometimes. Um, but you know, here we are. Uh, you know, but he kind of pointed out that uh, uh, working with people that's the most expensive thing, and that's why you get paid. <laughs> yeah. So, 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 pro tip to all you young up and coming developers: never turn down an opportunity to talk to people, uh, because even though coding's a lot more fun, people's where the money's at. Yeah. Well, as you were saying last week, yeah, you know, the eventually the software's all the same, and it just depends on the uh, the post sales implementation and and your ability to just like hustle the technology at the beginning to differentiate. 
Which makes sense. I mean, eventually it's all just like a spatula. And you got to figure out, like, do you want the one with the big handle? Do you want the cheap ass one? Do you want, you know, which which one are you going to, which, what lifestyle does this spatula pay tribute to that you are trying to live? And, you know, I think, I think you're going to have to deal with a lot of those uh, HPUX machines because it looks like Gardner has adjusted <laughs> its IT spending for next year. It's down, wow. down like 8%, which, you know, until I started like, Paying attention to my, you know, annual uh, sort of net worth growth, I never really realized why like eight percent would be a lot. But that's a lot of percent. That's that's a that ton is a of big percentage, right? Yeah. Right, because you've got all these existing, uh, you know, eulas and things you're paying into. So you know, maybe there's not a lot of uh, uh, buying new gear uh, that's going to be going in. A lot of uh, a lot of cutbacks on things. Uh, yep. Or one could also say maybe they were inaccurate. I don't know. I don't know if anyone's ever like uh, tracked the accuracy <laughs> of, well, of forecasts. Probably, probably the accuracy is off enough either direction that it kind of is a wash, right? And so they can probably say, you know, fairly accurately, it's <laughs> it's definitely going down. Uh, nobody's going to second guess that. It's just whether it's going to be you know eight percent, ten percent, twelve percent, six percent. It's going down now. Um, and and that said, also like I I, I remember I haven't, I haven't actually read the primary uh, PDFs because I don't have access to Gartner stuff anymore, but. It looked like a lot of the the down the downwardness is that is that what they call it downwardness is that an economic term? Uh, where, yeah. You know, it's basically like hardware sales for data centers and uh, devices and things. But as I recall, your uh, your cloud spending going up. So that is one issue with the all in uh, you know IT spending buckets that you see is you have to really kind of break it down into what the actual falls and and rises are for things. So. It seems like in the logical things, there's there's a fair amount of spending, uh, but in the other stuff where you wouldn't be building out stuff and uh, actually have, have, having worrying about three dimensional goods, maybe there's a lot less spending. Especially if if you uh, I, I forget if in this this spin they have like all consumer uh, like phone buying, and if people aren't spending money on stuff and going out to uh, buy phones, that would be a huge chunk of uh, spending there, but. You know, less spending on IT means more, more need for the solution architect to go out there and make old <laughs> stuff work, right? How do we, yes. when the file gets FTP'd over, over Z modem to, to the remote site, how do we reconcile the receipts so we can order more cheese for the pizza? Can, <sighs> can you optimize that system, Matt Ray? Because otherwise, well, you know what's going to happen is uh, Singapore is not going to be able to deliver that chili crab. They got to like make sure that all the parts fit together. And then, and the next thing you know, you're eating a bunch of lizards from the, the outback that if you don't have your <laughs> supply chain working. Uh, yeah, that, that's pretty much my day to day. Um, <laughs> if with a fax machine, a paper comes out of the fax machine, the paper has to be OCR'd and then that gets entered into a queue. And then next thing you know, the hamburgers arrive. It's very critical that this happens. Yes. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yes. I'm not sure how to follow follow up. Well, I'll t- I'll um, tell you how I would like to follow. This is this is me, more me catching up on things. Now, I heard over in the uh, software defined talk Slack area there was some rumbling yes. about who was getting the new Slack UI, like what who who's experiencing this. And now I think finally, I I've tried to avoid using Slack. Right. My 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 work. You spent two months out of Slack. My my well, I I go in there every now and then, but my work avoidance. Uh, priority is avoid slack at all costs right because slack yeah. is like 
where people contact you if they actually want something, right? And so I don't, I don't want to be wanted. And then avoid email, right? Because email is kind of the worst. Because you get in, in email, there's stuff I actually have to pay attention to, like paying taxes and like renewing, you know, renewing my uh, my visa and things like that. So I got to go in there. But then there's also like all this junk, this distracting stuff. Like IDCs release some new thing that I got to uh, get rid of. And then there will be like, you know, the 50 meeting invites where someone's trying to figure out how to like have a town hall meeting or something like that. And then every now and then there's an actual urgent thing and I'll read it. And the next thing you know, I'm sunk down an email hole. But whole point being, I've been trying to avoid interacting with Slack and I've been looking at it slowly and it does seem kind of different. Like what is, uh, and I read an overview of what's different in there and it looks like they still... You still get notified if people say here, here or channel, and you still need separate logins for all your slacks. So, like, have they actually done anything? Like, aren't the it, this is sort of like when Twitter has an update and you still can't edit tweets, and everyone's just like, okay, uh, still waiting for that pie to exist. <laughs> well, jeez, um, uh... what what do you like about the new Slack, Matt Ray? Um, not much. Uh, it, 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 uh, I don't know. They moved some stuff around. I, you know, we, at, when it happened, it seemed more, more, uh, uh, seemed to have more of an impact. And now I'm just kind of like sunk back into, you know, I can't, I can barely remember what it was like before. Um, you know, I guess that's not really a great description. Uh, you know, the eight slacks that I'm in, they've all converted over. Uh, this week, the the web, uh, the, the the mobile Slack got upgraded. Um, mm. That the navigation's a little bit better, but I wasn't really having a hard time navigating before. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, don't know. you got drafts in here. I mean, uh, you know, I'm I'm looking through. I'm doing some some uh, real time analysis. There's yes. a ni- nice little mentions and reactions section, which I've looked at the settings. I have channel mentions turned off, so that looks good. And then there's another option here, which I think I, I would like someone to add this UI option to my life, which says show less. Now, <laughs> unfortunately, I clicked on it. And unfortunately, that just means show less menu options. It, it didn't actually, you know, yeah. triple commit to the rest <laughs> of my life. It, it, it doesn't just send an instant message to everyone like, you should talk less. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I'm sure, you know, it's I, I enjoy getting an update. I'll have to dig into it and see there actually yes. is an option to see what's new but it you know it, it was making me think like for as much as one dog's on slack right i wonder i always wonder if carpenters get around and if they're always like hammers <laughs> you know a literal fuck those guys i hate hammers like every, everyone ends up kind of i think people who use tools they end up uh sort of disliking them often or they have pluses and minus you get very intimately familiar you know the deficiencies and then especially if I would imagine if you were a carpenter and you're using a hammer and the hammer was the conduit through through which all things you dislike about your job flew, flew flowed, like if it all came through the hammer, you would probably stop liking the hammer, right? And I think I think Slack and email are like that, right? And meetings, right? Like, well, meetings, well, let's just call it collaboration. Well, collaboration can be great and wonderful. Often, as you were saying earlier, other people can be a hassle and cause a lot of problems. So it's easy to... Uh, mix up those two things but i think overall over the years like slack is probably net good and i think it's this thing the same in the same way that like uh social media 
I don't know if it's necessarily, it probably is net good, right? It's kind of like being upset at uh, newspapers or as uh, Socrates was at writing, like that it's going to yes. cause problems. Uh, yeah, yeah. But, but it's sort of like, I, you know, I always used to complain that people wouldn't upload stuff to Flickr because I wanted to look at it. And now there's plenty of things to look at because someone cracked how to get all the normals involved in stuff. And I think Slack is similar, right? Like there's people who understand that like you should get a room, which is to say a channel and have this conversation over here. You should archive this conversation where we can read it. And, you know, you should more instant message people. And like, so I think overall, like, because it draws in all these normals to the way us tech people want to communicate with people, it seems overall pretty good. It's, uh, it's, it's more, more good than bad out there. So probably with the update, despite the fact that the show less function does not work, uh, as I thought it would, <laughs> I'm gonna have to file a ticket about that. I clicked show less and I had the same amount of shit in my life. Uh, I guess technically it is show. So it should just mean I don't see the shit in my life. Right. Yes. Like it, it hides it. But, you know, I, I like Slack. It's nice. It's it's a good little tidy way of doing things if you, you take care of it. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely have. <laughs> I'm not complaining about the new UI. It just, you know, now that it's there, I, I just come to accept it. Uh, the thing I would like to complain about and, uh, you know, I've seen this a few other places is apparently um, Google Meetings is, uh, you know, the latest incarnation of Hangouts or whatever they want to call it. Um, Google has taken it upon themselves to start modifying calendar invites to include a Google meeting link. And uh, this bit me. Um, First of all, that's a terrible idea. Secondly, when it happens to me, it's even worse. (laughs) So I I had a call yesterday uh, that was a Zoom meeting. And uh, my calendar invitation had this Google meeting and I kept clicking on it and it was broken and it wasn't showing up. And I'm getting, you know, these uh, Slack messages like, hey, Matt, how come you're not in the meeting? And I'm like clicking on this. I'm like, I, it won't let me in. And then, you know, they sent me the URL and I was like, that's not what's in my calendar. And then mm. I go back to my, you know, I go back to the original invitation. Of course, it's a Zoom meeting and Google has thoughtfully rewritten my invitation uh, to not have the zoom link anymore. So, um, <clears throat> uh, whoever decided that was a good idea at Google, it wasn't, it was a terrible idea. Yeah. Uh, anybody who thinks that, uh, Google needs, I don't know, less oversight because they're doing no evil. Uh, they're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is, that is I, what, I mean, one of the reacting a little bit, but, but seriously, that is one of the, the super anti-competitive. One of the, one of the more frequent, lesser realized forms of daily evil is uh, two minutes before a meeting, shit is not working. Like this, this has happened over and over again with the uh, the uh, the meetings that my kids have with their teachers since they're remote. Is like we'll we'll set up a time for a meeting and no one has sent an invite, right? Yes. It's just like or 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 some invite has been haphazardly sent or whatever, it, which makes me think like you know when when uh, back in our day. Matt Ray, they would have, uh, you had, you had, you had two types aside from shop. You had these two types of, uh, classes, uh, in around junior high or middle school, which is sort of like teaching you, uh, work skills. You might have home ec to learn how to balance yep. your checkbook. And then you would have like typing to learn uh, how to use like both. a keyboard. Yeah. And like, I think they need to introduce like meeting scheduling, just sort of like, here's how a calendar works. 
Here's like how, you know, like I think the world would benefit greatly. I'm sure I would even benefit greatly from just like, let's all in the same way that we all use a QWERTY keyboard, let's standardize on some norms of meeting invites. Like, uh, that would be great. Like one of the, I think the chief one is that if the meeting is not in my calendar, it does not exist. And more, oh, yeah. not only does it not exist, if there is not a detail of how to join the meeting, it does not exist. Now, join might be if we're, if we're face-to-face, which room to go to. That's cool, right? And then, and then the provisio to that would be if you have blocked a room, but you have not reserved the room, the meeting does not exist either. This was a big problem at Dell is it was impossible to get a room. They were just all booked all the time, even though they were all empty all the time. And so, like, it was just... Unless you had an ad, like you just couldn't sneak into a room and hope that you didn't get kicked out. Yeah, it was ridiculous. I don't. Anyways, but uh, that that would be nice. Now, now, finally, top news. You pointed this out, and I guess I would have eventually found it. But our old friend Bruce Sterling has shut down his his weblog, and he, you know, he kept alluding to like because Wired is Condé Nast is running out of money, but he never actually directly said. Are they just turning off that server that runs the blogs or something? I don't quite understand what the... Because yeah. I was waiting for him to read that, like, you know, so I'm not going to get paid for this anymore, so I'm not going to do it. But then he reveals that he has never gotten paid for it. And so, like, I don't right. have to... Very, That's what very makes weird. it a little silly. Um, yeah, it sounds like, uh, you know, finances at uh, ad, ad-based media companies, print, you know, ad-based media companies that you know still have a print footprint uh are not doing well mm. and condon asked you know is the parent company of wired wired has apparently laid off some people and in a cost-cutting exercise got rid of a free blog <laughs> yeah <laughs> but i mean that even though free always has overhead right i mean there there's you know there there's the co- editorial cost and uh you know just maintaining the infrastructure, but still kind of lame. Um, I, you know, he, even he pointed out, I was like, I, I, he didn't drive a ton of traffic for him or anything, but it was just nice to have a place to go and, you know, read, read his latest, uh, ramblings. Um, I'm sure he could, you know, move on to Tumblr and, yeah, well, he has, he, he has a pretty active Tumblr thing. Also like, you know, a lot of, a lot of his posts were, uh, very old school blogging where it was just sort of like cut and pasting yeah. stuff in there, which, which is fine. And, and, you know, one of the things I, I always appreciate about his, uh, his, uh, he made a reference to commonplace books, which is, was fun, but, but about his sort of internet stuff is he has, I've never really spent the time to decode it, but he has some sort of syntactical markup that he does for comments. Like if you notice, like there's notices, like he often will start his comments with an asterisk above things. But sometimes he'll also use multiple parentheses to offset his commentary. Like there's there's some kind of uh, like pre-markdown, like kind of markup he has for his marginalia uh, about things. You know, Bruce markup language. That's right. That's right. (laughs) And also, did you ever find an RSS feed for that blog? I I think every year I would hunt around and try to find one. You know, I stopped using RSS a few years ago. How how do you know anything then? I don't understand. I give up, right? It used to be, it used to be. I, I had my RSS feeds, and in the morning, I would turn on my 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 reader, uh, sort of crank I, a never, handle, yeah, crank the handle, and it'd be like, you know, here are, 
you know, 150 links for you to look at. Yeah. And, you know, and that number c- continued to grow and grow and grow. And then, you know, other things kind of came online like Twitter. And eventually I gave up on the, the, uh, completest aspects of, you know, must look at every link. Yeah. That, that was a hard fight, right? Cause my OCD does not like that. And, and I've given up on Twitter now the same way. Like I used to be like, all right, 500 tweets I got to look at. Cause you know, why else? But now it's like the morning I look at, <clears throat> I've got a bunch of private, uh, lists? private feet. Yeah. Private lists. Yeah, yeah. And I look at like two of them. I look at, all of the posts because there's a, no, not that many and then i have a general news feed and i have a friends feed <clears throat> and if you want to be seen in my friends feed you need to be in the, like the last three hours of when i wake up <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. And, then, yeah and then i catch up and then i turn on self-control app and i don't look at twitter the rest of the day yeah that's probably a good idea i don't really like i every now and then i go back and look at twitter because i feel like you know it's it's because you know the 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 professional community I I'm in they they thrive and exist and advance in the world in Twitter and that's kind of where where they talk and do things it seems like and I don't know I feel like if I was more present and involved over there like I would fit in with the uh, the rainbow hair crew and probably like my career would be better or something but it's just like Twitter's just like a, a it's like Slack it's like if you tune it correctly it's fine but. Every time I go in there, it's just like not the content that I've even tried to curate is uh, annoying. Yeah. My, my, my attempts at, at Twitter curation have been overwhelmed. Yeah. You know, and, and, you know, I'm just as guilty of it, right? Like I use it as basically just sort of like a self-promotion machine. And every now and then I write things in there. But like it's uh, it is what it is, Matt Ray. <laughs> but i was never you know just to close it i was never a completionist with rss like i still oh, use it like i use i use feedly in this great app on ios called newsify and like i go through every now and then and just like mark all the thousands of items as red because i'm not going to get to it but it's more of like what i was just complaining about is like i just like i can't find the things i want unless i have rss right like i can't i'm not going to go to each individual website like you know, when I use, like, we subscribe to the Washington Post and the New York Times, and I use their app, and, I, and it's the opposite. Well, when I go to their apps, it kicks in that latent completionist thing where I'm like, I have no idea what the status bar on me reading this content is. It is impossible. And also, it's just impossible to figure out in a news, in an app like that, like, what the fuck is going on, right? Like, and... Whereas, like, with an RSS thing, like, I get all the content that I, you know, I know yep. that at least the content's coming at me in a cr- reverse chronological end. order. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyways, but it is, uh, I wish I wish I would have, like, found an RSS feed for him. But, uh, so I never really read that over the years. But, you know, it's nice. I saw, you yeah. know, finally in that area, I saw that uh, Paul Ford, you know, the F train guy, he started a newsletter. And, re- and this morning I read his first two issues of the newsletter <laughs> And yeah. I was I don't I don't use this this uh, this meme comment like accurately very much. I more use it in an ironic way when I have a picture of my daughter and she looks sad. But boy, that newsletter was like a strong mood thing. You should go find his second newsletter and oh, just really? read through it and be like, ah, oh, finally, finally, a a middle aged white white guy with a family <laughs> in tech who's just like expressing the thoughts that run through my head when I'm not. Oh, like, really? Okay. Because because I saw it and I was like. I don't remember subscribing to this. Unsubscribe without reading. <laughs> yeah. 
I'll I'll have to uh, I'll have to I'll have to find, put a put a link to that in there. But yeah, because because I have I have transitioned a bit more to newsletters. Yeah, you know, because you get the curated content. But even then, it's like you know they they start to fill up and you get too many and you have to like call them out. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Now that that's a, that's a skill I think it probably took me 10 years to learn is just like you don't have to read everything. Like you can just like like you know even a you can just just everything in the RSS reader wherever you are. If it's like 48 hours older and and if it's 48 hours old and it's not something you know you can like go to because you want to see two weeks of content, right? Like you might subscribe to the uh the abandoned house's twitter feed or whatever right <laughs> and you can just go there and like look through months of content and that's cool but in general if it's just this flow of stuff just like if it happened more than 48 hours ago like it's not going to affect your life you'll be cool something new will come up and you can just get and newsletters are the you same can... maybe maybe slack needs to add all mark all read more than one week old for, yeah. for folks like you. I yeah. mean, I have a feeling that when I go back to work on Monday and I open up my inbox, I almost, I, I, I've come up with a compromise. What I think I'm going to do is I'm going to scroll through it really quick and like mark anything with a star that I like know is urgent. And then I'm going to create a new label called like, you know, new kid. <laughs> and I'm just going to move everything to that, that label and never look at it again. Like, you know, (laughs) I'm going to do one of those like virtue filters, email bankruptcy. Yeah. 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 You know, it's, it's just, I'm going to comfort myself with the idea that like all this, it's sort of like, uh, I know now that I've lived here a while, I know in the Netherlands, this concept doesn't exist, but back in the States, you have something called a garage and an attic. And your notion is like, yeah, like one, you're like one day this thing, I am going to do something with this thing, right? I am going to want this collection of uh, 1980s Lone Star bottle caps, and I'm going to do something with it. And so you package it up, and then you stick it in a shed or a garage or a craft room or an attic. And it's the same way with email. It's just like, I'm just going to fool myself that I'm going to do something with this. And then one day, this might have happened to someone who is currently talking, you're going to move across the ocean, and you're going to empty out your gigantic uh, McMansion house and you're going to say, oh, my God, I was basically the inside of a burrito surrounded by trash. Like every single thing in my life was trash th- that I had chosen to keep. And uh, you, you, you missed our conversation about my storage unit back in Austin. Yeah, I know. I, you're just going to you're just going to re- miss it much. Yeah, you're, you're going to run out. You're going to have this gigantic lot, this McMansion, and you are going to literally run out of curb space to put all the trash out. Like it's just like. So much trash. And, and yes. So speaking of so much trash, uh, you know, we mentioned the software defined talk Slack several times. You should come check that out. It's actually, I know we say this every time and we used to say this and it was only half true, but nowadays it is a very good source of information in the tech world and uh, camaraderie. I think I just insulted the first two years of people who helped out with our Slack channel, but that's fine. Uh, they, they were, as all early adopters of software defined talk, you know, they had it coming. They, they probably have had this thought already, <laughs> but it, it's a, it's a, you should join the community. It gets better and better. I get notifications every time someone new joins and it's uh, I don't always go say hello to them because I have three kids, uh, five kids to feed. Uh, but it is uh, it's a good channel. There's someone recently rediscovered hands on a hard body, which I think uh, um, if you haven't seen heard. hands on a hard yes. body, it is, it is perhaps the most perfect documentary out there. 
I think I think it's uh, very well done. But we also are in the Twitter and the Instagram and LinkedIn. And uh, if I can make a small plug for myself, speaking of self-promotion, on paternity leave, I have opened uh, uh, a video stu- production company that I'm informally calling One-Handed Video Production because I discovered a way that you can you can hold a baby and feed them a bottle and also edit videos at the same time with uh, with one hand on your phone, which I, I think I'll cover yeah, that you know- in- so I'm not sure that one-handed video editing thing sounds as good as you think it does. I know, but that's why I've chosen the name. You know, I, I can't I can't help but a uh, to have a uh, multiple, not penumbra, multiple in 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 tundra. That's that's what I live oh, multiple for. Multiple in tundra, yes. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's no conferences anymore, which I'm sure you joked <laughs> about. So we don't have that. Well. Well, we we got our everyone's got the digital conferences, right? Oh yeah, you are those got, uh, Matt Ray at the risk of you know damaging my career further? Are those any fucking good? Like, what are we doing there? Yeah, I mean, this this might be, you know, we're gonna do a twenty twenty one post mortem of of this whole year, and they're they're good for the content, which is not which is only yes. half the reason you yeah. go to a conference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that's the problem, right? Like, uh, there's so much more to a conference than just the talks on stage. You know, the hallway track, um, you know, the the vendors, the people you catch up with, uh, you know, the after parties, all that fun stuff makes up a lot of what the conference experience is. Um, and yeah, just yeah. content, like, it's hard to get that excited about just the content. Um, I think, I think. I think your analysis that has clarified my thoughts, which is, which is to put it in a funny way, like webinars were always good. Bad webinars were always bad, right? Like yes. shit content is shit content. And like, I, I mean, the problem is we have a lot more webinars now and I yeah. was already kind of full of webinars. Um, and, and, and so now it's like, you don't sign up. You probably sign up for more than you attend. And then you say, you're going to go back and watch them on YouTube. And, you know, are you really going to? That's the problem. So. Yeah, yeah. And so I think I think that it, that that was the realization I had before. You know, right, right when everything was going to happen, is like, oh, we're going to have access to a whole new set of people to produce content to make webinars, right? Because basically, all of the cool kids who are interesting and on the conference circuit, they would their marketing people can never get them to do webinars because webinars has this like you know stink on it. But now they're all doing fucking webinars, which is great, right? Like. As I said, like people don't like webinars because they often fucking suck, right? And but they and and they also suck because people who are good at you know presenting don't go do them because like they think they suck. And so like now that we have all these online conferences, the webinars are great, right? And I guess maybe some of, I don't I haven't really tracked if you if you legion yourself to do these things or not, which would be insanely dumb if you don't, right? That's almost like. Um, if all these companies putting on online conferences are just opening them up without a legion thing, it's almost like it's like when the newspapers decide to stop charging money to consume their news. It's like, well, you just kind of like slit your wrist there, buddy. Like, <laughs> good job. Uh, but yeah, it's you know, make webinars great again. Is that is that I, a is that a good joke? No, um, <laughs> but 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 you're right there there is the, i mean this is maybe a a, a webinar uh, renaissance right people 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 are coming back and revisiting the concept of webinars and and yeah legion was there all along but um 
you know, people are looking for new styles, uh, new, con- you know, packaging up in new ways. I mean, you know, we had the, the webinar and the Animal Crossing. Uh, you mm. know, we, we've talked about doing things in Fortnite. Um, in the show notes, uh, I got a link to uh, some company that was doing their, their daily stand-ups and Red Dead Redemption online. So, you know, people can play with this virtual stuff. It might get a little better. Um, but as usual, you know, now there's just a lot more content and you need more editorial control and filtering. Uh, so maybe, you know, there, there's, there's better content available, but there's also just more content available. Yeah. And yeah, that's its own problem. And that, that's my parting thing before we get to recommendations is like, (laughs) listen, if you're going to, if you're going to participate in this webinar renaissance, you got to have a legion form ahead of it, right? Like Matt Ray and I were born and live through the age of information wants to be free. And where are all those fuckers now? Right? Like they're shutting down their blogs. <laughs> where is Bruce Bird? <laughs> yeah. They just like, it's just like inform, inf- fuck what information wants. Right? Like people want to get paid, like put, put a legion form on it. Don't, don't make it free. That's no good. No, no, no good. No good. Uh, despite whatever that I'm probably exaggerating. Well, speaking of that, Matt Ray, what do you have to recommend this week? <laughs> Well, uh, yeah, I already, I already gave my anti-recommendation about Google Meetings. I'm still mad about that. I'm, I'm going to be mad about that for a while just because, you know, they inconvenienced me for five minutes. But in general, that was a bad idea. Um, my other pick is uh, upgrade your computers. Um, yeah, we're all spending a lot more time at home these days. And uh, i spending more time with a, a desktop system. Uh, you know, I've been generally working off my laptop, but now that I'm – never going anywhere. I, I put in some effort to upgrade my, uh, my desktop and I put quieter fans in it and now I can't tell when it's on. And that's kind of awesome. And it only costs like 15 bucks. So if you've got a desktop system, look for the cheap upgrades to, uh, quiet it down. Cause man, it makes a world of difference. What about you, Kote? What kind of picks do you have? I, I we moved. I moved in this little cave, and I have some sort of uh, I don't know water heater device that kind of hums. I don't know if you can hear it, but uh, nope. It's nice to have. That's good. That's good. Well, I have one. Let, let me summarize. I put. A, well, I'll put a link to Paul Ford's newsletter. You know, all you should check that out. That's good. Do I do I need to resubscribe? Is that what you're telling me? Because I, I, I like, you as know, as I saw it. I was like, what's this? You unsubscribe. know, you can just go look at the archives and determine for yourself. That's okay. what you can well, do. Well, at some point, I must have thought it was worth subscribing to, and now mm. I can't even remember. Well, well, I have I have a self serving recommendation and a highly related one. One, as I mentioned, I've been doing a lot of these little videos. I have finally succumbed to the notion that you have to make your video short instead of long form. So I make and and it's it's nice because on Instagram you can't post a video on Instagram longer than a minute, so it forces me to make all these videos a uh, minute. I know you can post an Instagram TV. Don't get me started. I do not understand what those silos are. It's a bizarre fucking choice on their part, but bully for them. And uh, anyways. Aren't you ready to become the TikTok star? I put the videos in TikTok too, but TikTok is like, (laughs) TikTok is great. Chinese spyware? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't really, whatever. Uh, (laughs) It's just uh, my audience is not there in TikTok, right? Like it's a different, uh, it's a different audience than uh, it is odd though. Like I put post videos in there, and instantly they'll get like two or three hundred views, and then it drops off. So I don't know 
what that is. If that's like a baseline, you know, like some, there used to be this thing that there was a baseline of like bots and stuff, trolling, not trolling, trolling in the old sense of the word, just kind of finding things and it would, who knows? Anyways, I, I have all these videos uploaded to Twitter and uh, Instagram. And as I mentioned, TikTok, but if you just go to my YouTube channel, they're all there as well. You can just search, I'll put a link to it, but it's basically, you know, search for my name or Bushwald in YouTube and you should check them out because they're, uh, I don't know. I don't do a lot of work that I both enjoy and am proud of, but I think they're good little videos. They're fun. And they're also an excuse to to use the thing I'm recommending. If you want to do video editing, if you've ever tried to do video editing, it's very difficult uh, to like get software that's that's easy to use and affordable. But there's this one thing I finally found called LumaFusion on iOS, and it works. It's really good. It's a very good, like I've done video editing for since maybe 2006 when I was at Red Monk, and I've used all sorts of things. And LumaFusion is by far the best uh, video editing that I've found so far. Like, And you can tell that it's built around what I like to call a method of software called understanding what people actually want to do and using the software yourself, right? Sort of because the by default, it does a ripple delete. And what a ripple delete means is that if you select some part of a video you don't want and you press delete, Instead of leaving like that whole area blank, it moves the video over to the left. So it kind of ripples it over. And most video editing software doesn't do a ripple delete uh, because I guess they don't care about people. And so you have to manually do this stuff. Even ScreenFlow does not do a ripple delete by default. And I know in ScreenFlow, you can set an in and an out point and you can do command delete and it'll ripple delete for you. But like, what the fuck? right? You should always do a ripple delete by default. So that's my recommendations uh, for this episode. And with that, as always, this has been Software Defined Talk, which you can, uh, pardon me, I had to swallow there. You can get, if you go to softwaredefinedtalk.com, if you want to get the show notes for this episode, there's several news items we skipped over. You can find a link to those videos I said you should go watch the recommendations that we had. If you go to softwaredefinedtalk.com slash 234, we'll see everyone next time. Bye-bye.